fall Lay back, it's all been done before And if you could only let it be You would say I like you the way you are When we're driving in your car And you're talking to me one-on-one -on -one, But you become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back Like you can't relax You're trying to be cool You look like a fool to me Tell me Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? I see the way you're acting like you're somebody else Gets me frustrated Life's like this You fall and you crawl and you break And you take what you get and you turn it into Honestly, you promised me I'm never gonna find you fake it No, no Never, 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 never. How are you guys doing? Uh, this is Merle Classo bringing my Just a Nobody podcast episode, the next one. And I'm excited about it, you know. Um, it's been a while, of course. Uh, the last one that I did was uh, the end of last month. Uh, but yes, uh, here I am. And I hope you all are doing well, especially because the pandemic is just not going, doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, I am okay if you really care. <laughs> if you really care to know how am I doing, I'm doing okay. But it's been um, over the past few days, uh, there's, it's either snowing or it's either raining or it's either kind of, you know, those uh, icy, icy, icy skies all over. It's been like almost five to six days now and I'm so damn frustrated. Like I'm just tired. I want to get over it. Like, you know, I hope it just shines tomorrow. Hope there's sunshine tomorrow because I haven't seen sunshine for the past five days and that's a lot, man. That's a lot. It can really get to your head, you know, when uh, when it's always dull and gloomy and it's always like the skies are always throwing something down. You know, it's either snow, it's either ice, it's either water. Like, hey, man, stop it. Anyway, so um, so it's been it's been good. Otherwise, uh, it's been OK so far. I mean, um, I always say so far because uh, you don't really know what life throws at you you know you just kind of have to be prepared i would guess that's what that's what i've learned over a period because you just get you know uh something and then you just have to kind of hey man now how do i handle this new thing you know on my way that's that's how my life has been going uh so far that's why i say i'm okay so far i don't know what what's ahead anyways jumping to straight to the things that i want to talk about um I was, uh, uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, Britney Spears. I mean, uh, everyone's, uh, there was, you know, because of this uh, new documentary of Britney Spears called Framing Britney Spears. It's a new documentary. And uh, for, for a long time, actually, uh, the Free Britney movement, like the hashtag Free Britney, uh, the movement has been, you know, on and all, almost all social media, uh, especially Twitter. Twitter is the one that I usually uh, go to and I'm kind of there uh, uh, because I like that platform when it comes to social media. But yes, yeah, so uh, now the free Britney moment has been uh, hashtagging and people are talking about uh, for a long time. You know, I never really participated it because I... Um, I just felt that, you know, you needed something very concrete to kind of then talk about it, like you need evidence. But I always knew that uh, Britney Spears, I've always been talking about how Britney Spears has been so badly treated all the while because, you know, uh, she is such, she's she's gone through so much at a very young age, you know. She had a, in her personal life, like she her kids were taken away from her. She had this divorce that was... Uh, also a part of her life at a very young age when she was like 24, 25 years old. And then um, she was hounded by me. I don't care. Okay, fine. Personal life, you have your own problems, fine. But that personal life, which is supposed to be private, it's supposed to be her personal life, was exploited by the media. Literally, she was hounded by the media. Even she visited a bathroom somewhere, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, the media people like the journalists or whatever they call the paparazzi yeah they just surrounded her wherever she went while she was going through this difficult times a uh, difficult time and uh, now when you go through a very difficult time in your private life you know you need time to sit relax think reflect stuff like that but in that in that uh in that in those difficult times she was hounded by the media which is literally which is literally scary like i would just kind of lose my uh you know i would lose it over the media i would like just call them out but this girl was nice you know i believe she was nice so um you talk about britney spears uh it's crazy the way uh the media really treated her like uh, they 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 called all her kind of uh, you know everything that she did because she was going through a tough time in a personal life they kind of brought it out in the public uh, space you know her losing custody over her kids her divorce and stuff like that which we had nothing to do with it was it was not supposed to be uh Uh, let out in the media and talked about it you know and then they kept talking about how you know uh, she's suffering from a meltdown meltdown she's losing her mind when literally she was just having a difficult personal life at that time you know at, at, in her in her early 20s so i believe uh, it's the paparazzi or the media who really needs to be blamed you know for what they really did to her besides that late night show host comics now the thing is i love comedy I mean I survive because of comedy because comedy is about you know you can make fun of the rich the powerful the politicians etc but you can't make fun of a person who's going through a difficult time you know it's got she's vulnerable you can't just make fun of someone like that it's horrible so so I, i i blame the media for what has happened to britney you know and the how you know by continuously kind of uh, uh calling it a meltdown and then uh you know because she got a tattoo and then she kind of shaved her head hey man at least she went to a parlor to shave her head maybe i would shave my my own head if i'd gone through if i'd gone through what britney spears really went through i mean it's crazy to be hounded by the media uh and she was nice i believe i think she was really nice but yeah talking about uh this uh, documentary which i watched actually framing Britney Spears which was released which came out actually on Feb February 5th the first week of this month and uh I love that documentary like whoever made it it's a great documentary which talks about the conservatorship of um, you know um of Britney Spears now this word is very new to me I don't know what conservatorship really means who's a conservator I can't even pronounce this word basically but i kind of wanted to understand you know like what 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 the hell is this conservatorship all about because i believe legally it's a legal term uh and uh, britney spears is uh, un- under conservatorship so of her father who controls basically her career who controls her finances since 2008 that's about 12 to 13 years almost now yeah 13 years almost 13 years now uh so imagine a girl a young girl has no control over finances for what she works so hard for you just don't become you don't just become an icon and you just don't become so famous and you don't people don't just start liking you for the heck of it you got to be really good to be liked by the world and she's not she's not uh the favorite only of uh, americans uh, sh- people from all over the world love britney spears she's a global icon so uh for a person who's so talented who's hard working who's an icon where people from all over the world really love her she's creative um and uh, you know she came up uh, with no godfather at all for someone like that you know uh so intelligent to keep someone like that under conservatorship is a very crazy idea and i was like hey man what's happening you know um and of course uh, the media kept talking about it paparazzi kept talking about it and exploited it even further but i kind of did some reading of who's a conservator and i came to know that you know because when i was reading I can't pronounce it well basically it says that 
he or she is a person, a conservator is a person, an official or an institution designated to take over and protect the interest of an incompetent person. So an incompetent is usually, you know, designed for an elderly person. Like when an elderly person, you know, say for instance, someone's going through uh, 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 trouble remembering things or has no control over his mental senses or whatever, you know, you uh, they, they kind of classify that person as incompetent. So a conservator, a person who kind of like Britney Spears' father is a conservator in her case. Now, he or she is a person who is or an official or an institution designated to take over and protect the interest of an incompetent person. In this case, it's Britney Spears. Now, incompetent, calling incompetent is crazy. So in this case, uh, a judge appoints an individual or an organization who is the conservator to care for someone who cannot care for themselves or who cannot manage their own finances. And that's how they classified Britney Spears, or someone who can't really care for herself and someone who cannot manage her own finances. And because of that, a judge... Uh, a judge appointed um, a conservator in her case, who's her father, which is which is crazy. Imagine someone so intelligent. Like I don't know, I don't know how this decision was really made, and it's it's great that this news is you know framing Britney Spears. The documentary has kind of exposed this, probably, you know, with um, uh, probably this can this can change. She might. Uh, get there might be no conservative she just might be free and that's why the free Britney moment I think it really makes sense now to me I never participated in the free Britney moment because I there was no evidence but I believe this documentary is a great eye-opener and Britney Spears has been talking about it she supported her fans she supported the documentary itself which goes to show uh, I believe even her even her even her boyfriend, I believe, uh, talked about the documentary and thanked fans, you know, for really um, uh, supporting Britney. So I believe now I can say with evidence that, yes, the Free Britney movement really makes sense. Uh, so uh, I just hope, you know, um, of course, now, uh, like if, if it is not 2008 when she was going through hell, you know, when she was having those uh, uh, difficult times in her personal life, her children were taken away from her and all the difficult uh, times in 2008. Maybe if that thing had happened today, today people talk about mental health issues and they, you know, kind of uh, talk about uh, women in a very different limelight. They look at women issues with a very different uh, lens today. You know, they talk about mental health, whether it's man or women or whatever. So they talk about mental health. But in 2008, it was not mental health. It was meltdown, you know. The world the word has changed. 10 years back or 15 years back, it was all about meltdowns. And, you know, they call people crazy. Uh, they call them losing their minds and stuff like that. But today they say mental health issues and things have become, you know, uh, they take these, these things more seriously. So maybe Britney's, if that had happened today, in 2000 in 2021 maybe you know no one she, nothing of that sort the paparazzi craziness would all of them would have been canceled by now like for instance there was this uh, uh there was this in the documentary in the documentary they talked about there was this one journalist you know who uh who who was like who, who just said you know there's this uh, there's this attribution there's this sound bite from this this journalist who says shaved who talks about Britney Spears shaved her head attacked the paparazzi her custody battles thank you Britney Spears being bad is good for my business you know like literally that's what he says like at that time 10 years back 15 years down the line if someone shaved their head if they were attacked by pap if they attacked the paparazzi like she even uh, hit an umbrella on uh, a journalist's uh, car or something and she had custody battles of her children. And this guy says, thank you, Britney Spears. Being bad is good for my business. That is good for my, my journalist business or my media business. So that's how crazy the media is. They hounded her and, you know, uh, uh, created all the ruckus. I would have, I would have really 
forget hitting uh i would just go behind them and stop them like it's it's so crazy when you're hounded by uh, the media like that uh so uh if you want to check it out go and check framing uh framing britney spears it's a great documentary an eye opener a very it reinforces the free britney moment just shows that yes man that free britney moment movement the free britney hashtag on twitter it's it's actually worth it you know And the thing is I'm not a die-hard fan, you know, of Britney Spears or Lindsay Lohan for the for all I care. Like Lindsay Lohan was also uh there's this uh there's this uh soundbite of 2013 I believe where in uh, late at the late night show of David Letterman where he was interviewing uh Lindsay Lohan about checking to rehab. Now I believe it is not a part of the script. So uh Lindsay Lohan was actually caught by surprise you know and this guy David Letterman who people really adore and people love who I love as well you know as a late night show host but the questions that he asked her like it's now kind of circulating you know all over the internet the questions David Letterman asked in 2013 asked Lindsay Lohan was crazy about a rehab like you call a guest on your show to talk about their work to talk about what makes them happy like you know she says uh uh to uh, you know uh what makes them happy what 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 kind of work they're doing you know what what are they happy with it's a, it's a good time you call someone on the guest not to insult them you know so i just want to play this bit uh, well david lerman is uh, actually interviewing uh, lindsay lohan and the questions that he asks her you know is crazy it's like uh, i was like totally mind boggled if i was lindsay lohan probably i would just tell the producers that hey man this guy does not know how to talk and i would leave i would leave the show there and there but this girl was uh, you know was nice she she just wanted to keep the peace maybe with david letterman and she kept telling him that you know to be honest i'm the happiest when i'm working and i'm the healthiest and we should talk about uh we should talk about the good things but this guy kept nudging her you know about her rehab. So I just want to play this bit. You can make your own decision but it's crazy. It's it's and it's not that old. It's 2013. Uh Lindsay Lohan uh is uh, is called as a guest on David Letterman's show and this is what he asked. I'm just playing it right now. Listen to it. Yeah. Now, uh, aren't you supposed to aren't you supposed to be in rehab now? Are you not watch anything that goes on in the tabloid now? I do. Now, here's what May I May 2nd. I was under the May 2nd. Yes. But how long will you be in rehab? Uh 3 months. How many times have you been in rehab? Several. And what what how will this time be different? What are they rehabbing first of all? What what is on their list? What are, what are they going to work on when you walk through the door? We didn't discuss in the this in the pre-interview. No. But but it'll be 3 months and and No, look- I think I think to be honest, I'm I'm the happiest when I'm working and the healthiest and I think this is an opportunity for me to you know, focus on what I love in life. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a blessing and Do, do, do you have addiction problems? Now you sound like Dr. Phil. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Is is it uh, like alcohol? Do you drink too much? We've discussed this in the past. Who oh, did we really? When did we discuss? Well, because yeah, I'm the one who's having the blackouts. What is, what is that? I'm just saying. I want to be in rehab. Love my god. Oh, so now um uh, when you when you go to the rehab, what do they well, do? Let's let's this is we have to work here for a movie. We have to what? Let's stay on the positive. Oh, what I Like aside from that side of the positive. Yeah. All right. I have a list here of things that you've you've endured. Do you, can I run down a few things? Oh, here? can I see them first? Yeah, go ahead. Thanks. You can read them or not read them. Okay. <laughs> up here the I know you're going to be nice. These are the appetizers up here. These are the main courses. There's your desserts down at the bottom. Those are the jokes. Oh. Are you okay now? It feels like people should be helping you. Do you have money saved? therapy ask yourself why always in trouble you can't make a joke of it i just want to i just That's so I, mean. I, I, i don't i'm not joking no you're not doing that we're not doing that maybe one or two no this is my show now so you uh, stop 
Yeah, that that is crazy, and that that's such an such an experience, such a seasoned David Letterman. You know, making uh making a stupid, I mean senseless joke like questions. Imagine asking questions like, uh, "What are you rehabbing for? Or do you drink too much? Or do you have addiction problems? Or like, what what are they rehabbing you for? Or what is what is on their list?" What are they going to work on when you walk through the door? You know stuff like that. I mean, how many how many times have you be- have you been in rehab? How will how will this time be different? That's the question. A seasoned late night show host, okay? And this is not something that uh that was uh, that was recorded in 20 1920 or 191921 1980s. This happened in 2013, where David Letterman is someone I think found the video, and he's being called out for asking such insensitive questions. And Lindsay Lohan is someone who's, you know, uh, who's going through a very bad patch for someone to really go into rehab. So you just have to leave those questions. And she's begging, you know, she's literally like nicely saying that, you know, let's not talk about it. You know, I'm not comfortable talking about it. You mean? But this guy kept nudging her, like, "Hey, man, it's David Letterman doing such a thing." Um, so uh, I just wanted to play that bit. I said, "Like, you know, let me just jump straight under it because it's crazy. It's crazy how insensitive people are, and uh, they walk around we- wearing a halo over their head as if they understand everything about being nice to people. But that's rude. That's really rude." So I just wanted to play that bit. of david letterman <sighs> yeah Mm-mm-mm-mm. i love britney i mean i love britney spears song i mean she's so she's a pop icon like literally and not only of the united states the world loves her i mean very few of these you know uh musicians or these artists become global uh uh known figures not everyone is a well known figure you know you have public figures but they could just be local they could be nationally popular but a very few of them get an opportunity to be known by the world and she's one of them so i just wish her all the best i hope she just comes out from that uh that cr- the conservatorship that we talked about because it's crazy it just doesn't make sense um Yeah, over the, uh, over a few, I think two weekends or something. Uh, sometime back, I watched the movie Dictate, the Dictator, the Dictator, and uh, it is uh, uh, the Sacha Sasha Sasha Baron Cohen is the lead actor in the Dictator. Uh, the thing is, I've watched Borat. Now Borat is Sasha Baron Cohen is the lead actor, and I never, I don't, I didn't like Borat one or Borat two. but i would really recommend uh, I, i'm sure you, you some many of them loved it because i believe those are hit series like both the both the movies really did well but i didn't like the barat but i would really recommend the dictator one of the best movies the political satire at its best like now the dictator is basically about a political uh, dictator of uh, a north african place called wadia Uh, I've never, I never heard of Wadia before that. I know Africa, but I didn't know there was a place called Wadia in North Africa. So uh, Sasha, he basically plays the dictator of that town in North Africa, the Wadia. Now there, there are great scenes, you know. There are great scenes in this movie, you know, where he's kind of. Uh, He's running a race, a hundred meters race, with like competitors, with other people, like about uh, five or six of them. So this guy, uh, he he shoots the pistol, he fires the pistol to start the race. Like usually, it's not done by uh, people who are running the race, right? Uh, it's done by somebody else standing at the side. But this guy, he starts the race by uh, firing the pistol, and then he shoots all the competitors, you know, in the neighboring race lanes, in order to win. so it's it's great i mean you must see that that's one of the scenes that i really loved and this movie is also an eye opener it's of course political satire it's fun it's comedy it's crazy it 
I I literally laughed I peed in my pants like uh, literally you know I mean uh, not li- uh, not literally I mean uh, I, w- I I like it it's crazy it's like hey man it's the best thing best movie that everyone should I really recommend everyone should watch it because it also highlights very important issues about you know how muslims are stereotyped no matter who you are you know you could be the best person on this planet but if you're a muslim you know uh you're stereotyped there's a scene uh, there's a scene wherein he and his friend another muslim um from the arab world they uh they they take this uh, tourist helicopter ride over the empire state building and there are two uh caucasians you know right in front of them sitting in that helicopter now these two are basically talking arabic you know uh the the two uh, that is uh, sasha who's playing uh, the dictator and his friend they basically talk in arabic and you know they, they're making this exploding gestures like you know uh they talk about uh they talk about um, how like they would like to see fireworks over the statue of liberty and they, actually they're talking good about the new york city you know about the tall buildings etc so when these two caucasians you know who are also tourist uh in sitting in that uh, helicopter they they hear some words they don't understand of course arabic but when they hear words like fireworks and a uh, statue of liberty and uh, 911 and 2012 you know such words they just just start kind of you know uh wondering whether these two are uh, terrorists so uh that's what the movie also highlights you know how um, they stereotyping muslims and um there's a lot there's a lot in the movie like i love the uh, i love the last speech that uh uh that um, sasha makes in the movie you know uh where he talks about democracy uh it's it's a great speech of course democracy is not perfect we keep saying you know democracy is flawed she's not perfect but at the same time i think it's the only form of government or the only form of government that really works you know you can't be a dictator and really uh, uh it's it's against human rights you know uh, so the movie's name is the dictator but it all he also changes towards the end and sasha is playing the dictator so uh towards the end he makes this last speech where he changes his mind and you know uh plans to hold an election in that north african uh country called wadia a region called wadia so i just wanted to play that um, uh that uh, that speech that he makes because it really is relevant now of course this movie's comedy but it makes a lot of sense you know there are some very important takeaways from this uh from this movie that is worth listening to so i just want to play the last bit of uh this movie let's play yeah, the dictator sasha it's about 2 minutes long here it is this constitution is nothing but a license for oil companies i love that accent you know <laughs> it's really funny of course i don't think any arabic person really talks like that uh on on the african person or any person from wadia really talks like that but i love uh you know of course it's uh, satire and it's fine you know if you have to kind of make fun of it just listen to it yeah i just play it continue some foreign interest to destroy my beloved wadia wadia will remain a dictatorship <laughs> Why are you guys so anti-dictators? Imagine if America was a dictatorship. You could let 1% of the people have all the nation's wealth. You could help your rich friends get richer by cutting their taxes and bailing them out when they gamble and lose. You could ignore the needs of the poor for healthcare and education. Your media would appear free but would secretly be controlled by one person and his family. You could wiretap phones. You could torture foreign prisoners. You could have rigged elections. You could lie about why you go to war. You could fill your prisons with one particular racial group and no one would complain. You could use the media to scare the people into supporting policies that are against their interests. 
I know this is hard for you Americans to imagine, but please try. I will tell you what democracy is. Democracy is the worst. And you're talking and listening to every stupid opinion and everybody's vote counts, no matter how crippled or black or female they are. Democracy! Democracy has hairy armpits and could lose five pounds. Democracy looks like a midget in a chemo wig. Democracy, your mother called the other day and I forgot to give you the message. It was something very important about your grandmother. Democracy kisses you because she wants to, not because her father is in the next room chained to a radiator with electrodes attached to his nipples. Democracy is flawed. She is not perfect. But democracy... I love you. And that is why I call for real democracy, a real constitution, and real elections in Wadiya. Okay, that's 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 all about that scene. I love that scene. You know, it's um, it's such an eye opener. Of course, we talk about democracy being the best thing. You know, you get to vote for your government, but at the same time, you have the top one percent. You know, of rich people. There's inequality. You know, uh, there's no equity. Uh, the rich people benefit from uh, tax breaks and tax cuts and stuff like that. He talks about it, which is so true, you know. Um, but at the same time, I think it's the it's the only thing that we have. It's the best thing that we have. And we need just, just need to kind of work it out to make it work for all of us, I believe. So I love that scene from The Dictator. Funny movie, really funny. Like you can really go crazy listening to, um, watching the movie. But at the same time, it's like, hey man, uh, there are some things that you can learn from it as well. And Sasha Baron Cohen, great, great actor. I mean, imagine a British, you know, he's he's British. And uh, he plays uh, he plays this funny uh, Arabic uh, uh, guy, you know. I mean, really fantastic. I just love that. Just love that of his. All right. So, um, um, you know, everybody's... Uh, I just came across this 15-minute uh, city. You know, I've always been a city girl. I lived in a city. I was born, raised... I always lived in the city. I love city life better than I can't live in uh, in the countryside. No, that's something I can't really do. I think I don't think I can ever do it because um, I, I like the hustle and bustle of a city. So I just came across this uh, this concept that uh, Paris, I believe, is planning to. It's it's an idea that Paris is kind of trying to implement of the fifteen minute city. Um, idea now this idea says that uh, um, that uh, Paris actually the mayor of Paris had initiated this idea which says that it wants to make a 15 minute city in a sense that it will give residents everything that they need within a few minutes of their front doors so making it a city of proximities so a city of proximities that is for six basic functions as living working restaurants parks hospitals cultural venues so that's what uh, the mayor of Paris wants to really do. It's going to be called the 15-minute city, the city of proximities, where everything that you need will just be a few minutes away, so you don't have to travel. Uh, so this this basic this concept is basically the mayor says will reduce carbon emissions, will refashion uh, cities as places for people to walk, bike, linger, then commute. Because you know, in cities you're basically commuting. You know, you have trains, you spend you spend an an hour and a half just traveling to work one way and an hour and a half coming back. Uh, so it's about three hours every day or just kind of traveling to work and coming back, you know. So that's going to reduce with this 15-minute sit- city uh, idea, which will have, you know, as I said, living, working, restaurants, park, hospital, cultural venues, everything nearby. Uh, so it'll slower the way of life where the city life is really fast and it'll reduce traveling to a whole new extent. Now, of 
course, everyone's talking about climate change. Of course, everyone's talking about global warming and how, uh, you know, the Paris Agreement with the UN, which has a framework convention on climate change, uh, uh, which is uh, with, with the goal of, you know, reducing, um, uh, that is, to limit global warming to below 2 degrees Celsius or preferably 1.5 degrees centigrade because it is continuously... Uh, uh, the the earth is getting warmer and so this Paris Agreement I believe the United States uh, unsigned or kind of got out of this Paris Agreement and many I believe uh, people you know supported the unsigning or getting out of this Paris Agreement because they thought that this because it's called the Paris Agreement it only applies to uh, citizens of France or citizens in Paris, which is so crazy. Like, I actually laughed when I heard about this kind of misinterpretation of something. Now, this agreement, the Paris Agreement with the UN, which is a framework convention on climate change, is basically called the Paris Agreement because it was signed in Paris. It's not because it it only applies, or it's only for people of Paris or people of France. It's for the world. 197 countries have signed this and I believe US has rejoined the uh, the agreement you know of course they were out of it for a year or whatever but they've rejoined the agreement uh, which is great so you know I I wanted to kind of understand of course we are talking about we're talking about limiting global warming to below two degrees Celsius or preferably 1.5 degrees centigrade but uh, but what exactly causes global warming? Of course, it's greenhouse gases, which are carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, fluorinated gases. So these are greenhouse gases. But the good thing about greenhouse gases is it's because of greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, fluorinated gases that Earth has become livable. You know, otherwise, like for instance, uh, uh, greenhouse gases are gases in the Earth's atmosphere that traps heat. Now, because of these, these greenhouse gases, they trap heat like carbon dioxide, CO2. It traps heat. And because, of, because these greenhouse gases trap heat, the Earth is warm. And because the Earth gets warm, it's livable. It's not icy cold. It's not ice cold like moon. I like the moon. Because moon does not have an atmosphere does not have these greenhouse gases or any other planets for I don't know about the other planets but of course if it's because the earth's atmosphere has greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide methane nitro nitrous oxide which traps heat you know from the sunlight the sunlight comes down on earth these greenhouse gases they absorb this and traps it and because of that the earth gets warm and it becomes livable the problem is when it becomes when there's too much of something which is not good which is which becomes dangerous too much of anything i believe is dangerous is bad for you like for instance you know uh i was uh, i was given this task of watering some plants for my neighbor okay and two of those plants they died Literally, I mean, uh, they, they started developing yellow leaves or whatever. And the reason for it is I overwatered them. So water is good. Plants need water. You need to water them so that they survive. But too much of water is bad, is dangerous. It literally kills them. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like too much of anything is dangerous. So these greenhouse gases are good to some extent, to a limit. You know, when they cross their limits, then it becomes dangerous. So that's what, you know, because of human activity, greenhouse gases have increased in the atmosphere. Um, I believe it's because of uh, burning coal, oil, gasoline in our cars, trucks, planes, trains, power plants and factories which produce carbon dioxide. And that's why the amount of greenhouse gases have increased and the trapping of this heat that we need, we need to a certain extent because that's how Earth gets life. 
earth is warm it makes it more livable but it becomes too much you know when we keep emitting greenhouse gases so when too much of heat is generated you know because more of greenhouse gases that's when it becomes a problem and uh, uh and that's how the earth's getting warm so that's a basic concept about greenhouse gases which is pretty interesting you know how when we just get too much of something it's dangerous um so that's that's why you know uh that's why i believe uh the paris agreement with the un framework convention on climate change is so important because uh everywhere this construction's happening you know the forest deforestation is happening and we need we need trees we need we need greenery we need plants because they absorb all that greenhouse gases they absorb carbon dioxide you know we need those plants and uh plants and you know those uh, sediments and those organisms which are on the floor of the ocean we need them because they too absorb carbon dioxide but all of them are literally i believe they are all getting killed because of uh because of uh, because the ocean has become becoming too acidic and because of that they are dying so um so that's why i believe that's the only reason and the basic logical reason that i understand that we need greenhouse gases we can't do away with we don't want a 0% greenhouse gas we need it because greenhouse gases they trap trap they trap uh, heat that comes from the sunlight and because of that our earth is warm it becomes livable it's not icy cold but too much of greenhouse gases which have increased because of human activity traps more heat and warms the earth more which can be dangerous and that's why that's the only reason i totally support the paris agreement with of climate change you know where in 197 countries have a part of this agreement i believe every country on this planet or every region on this planet needs to be a part of it because we we cannot just you know kind of heating this planet we need those plants to absorb the greenhouse gases we need to stop too much using you know all these um things that produce too much of greenhouse gases to make it livable others we'll all explode yeah, with the heat we'll explode with the heat yeah so uh, uh so talking about this uh, 15 minute uh, city you know that we are talking about how uh, we need to make everything available nearby so i was i was watching this uh, i was just watch, watching this discussion which was happening uh uh which is called the future of cities summit it was an online uh, virtual kind of discussion and uh between people you know where they were talking about this 50 15 minutes 15 15 minute city idea and uh this guy this professor of urban and environmental policy and planning at Tufts University Canada uh Julian Agumen I love the way he explained that how 15 minute before we kind of jump into a 15 minute city idea and kind of implement it we need to take care of a few things because cities are you know he says he explains his concept he says that cities have become a uh, a place where people invest in and not live in you know uh, that is what is that is kind of increased segregation if you have money you can live in the city if you're not rich you're going to live in the outskirts of the city and you have to travel into the city to work so segregation you know so if you talk about 15 minute city uh, the idea it will increase segregation the the mr julian argument says it's not sustainable uh it's not sustainable because um, you know uh, there'll be inequity and social injustice because of that where the rich get to live in the 15 minute city rule and everyone who's poor who can't afford it they just get left out so he's not saying hey don't do this 15 minute city idea but i like his like his thinking he says that we need to address certain issues like rent rent control make housing affordable making it inexpensive uh, in growing cities uh 
so that everyone gets a chance to kind of live in those green cities that we're talking about and make it sustainable. It's only after we take care, you know, of the rent system, of making, uh, of, of making housing affordable, uh, bringing about equity and social justice for everybody, irrespective of the money that you own, the money that you earn or the money that you make, the amount sitting in your bank account. It's only after we take care of these things that we need to implement the idea of the 15-minute city idea. And don't do it before that. And he's so right. I love the way that he explained it, you know. And it's so true because, wow, you know, when you when you look at the idea, it's like 15-minute city. It looks like a fantastic idea. Like it's one of the best things that happened to mankind. Like imagine if you don't have to travel anywhere. Like everything is within a 15-minute city where you can bike or you can just walk. Whether you're living whether you're working, whether you want to go to a restaurant, whether you want to go to a park, you want to go to a hospital, you want to go to a cultural venue, everything is in this. It's a city of proximity. It's a wonderful idea. It's a great idea. I believe the Paris Agreement would be the happiest when they see this kind of idea on, on, on paper. But you've got you to look at the underbelly of this thing, this great idea. It will leave out, this concept will leave out the poor because they can't afford to live in that city. It will increase segregation, social injustice because they can't afford it. You know, the poor can't afford such a... So, uh, so that's what, you know, too much of a good thing. Like this 15-minute city uh, idea is good. In fact, it's too good to be true. But too much of this goodness... Can, re- can be really bad. There's an underbelly. There's something that, you know, we need to look at. So like Julian Agamemnon really says that, you know, hey, man, go for the city, 15-minute city idea. But hey, look at other things. Do a few things before really jumping to the idea, which really makes sense, I believe. And that's what I wanted to talk about. I love that, but I love the concept. I'm 15 minutes city man. You're not traveling three hours per day to uh, to reach your destination. You know, to read reach your workplace or go to any place. Everything is within uh, within the reach, which is which is so fantastic, man. I would love to. I, lo- I would love to have that. Or even cultural venues. So even like if you had to go to a museum, it would be within a 15 minute city uh, thing. But there is an underbelly to it, and I think we need to recognize it. That's all that I'm saying. Oh, that's all that I'm saying. The too much, the too much of anything is bad, is dangerous. It's good, t- too good to be true. That's all that I'm saying. Hmm. You are... My fire, the one desire, desire, it's too fine. I forgot the words. I want it that way. Tell me why ain't nothing gonna miss that. Tell me why am Let me just find the mistake. Tell me why I never wanted to hear you say yeah yeah yeah. I wanted that way. Anyway, that's all that I had for this week. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it, man. Come on, like you know, like why would you like why why would you spend your time really listening to me like how interesting am i not at all i mean you know like i just wonder why people really hit the play button and listen to me (laughs) but anyways thank you so much for doing that i really appreciate it that's all that i had for this week and that's all that i wanted to talk about um uh i wanted to say that you know please wear your mask I mean, no excuses, no excuses whatsoever 
for wearing a mask. But there's a lot of news about wearing double masking, like wear a mask under under another mask. I have not started doing that, but I don't know. I want to do it because they say that it's about it's about like. 80% effective from keeping the virus away and then people are also talking about three masks three masks at the same time which is like 100% effective like i don't wearing i don't mind wearing four to five masks if it is effective as long as i can breathe but hey man what about my ears like my ear has earphones on it you know has to hold earphones i wear earrings and it has to hold that and then when you're wearing sunglasses when shiny and sun shiny outside your sunglasses are also hanging over your ears and then now you're telling me to wear a second mask and then a third mask like how much is my ears going to hold that's my only question i can wear like 10 masks if i can but my ears are small you know that's my worry uh but yes at least wear a single mask that's all that i'm saying uh and uh, that's all that i had for this week uh, don't forget to tune in next time whenever i do it i do it like it's a bi-monthly uh bi-monthly episode um that's what my plan is if you want to write to me write to me at justanobodypodcast@gmail.com that's my email address you can also leave me a message on my twitter dms direct messaging uh put a message there and i definitely look at it and i'll respond don't forget it's justanobodypodcast@gmail.com that's my that's my email uh that's all that i had for this week guys thank you so much for listening i don't know why you do it but hey man thank you so much for listening uh until next time baby no wait one sec i want to play uh now since we talk about britney spears i want to end this episode with a little britney spears so that it in a sounds a little like you know and then uh, i'll say bye on the other side after we come back listen to it. britney spears with oops i did it again <laughs> Played with your heart, got lost in the game. Ooh, baby, baby, that I'm sent from above. I'm not that innocent. Love this girl, really. Anyways, that's all that I had for this week, baby. Bye, 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 bye.